Iglesia, hello church. My name is Adam and I'm one of the ministers here at FCC and it is such a gift to be able to worship with you today. Um, hey, one thing I've got to do real fast. I noticed that several people from my small group are here and they're amazing. So shout out to them. Um, and I, I want to use that as an opportunity. I saw them dropping off their kids and I want to encourage you, please, if you're not connected to a small group, if you're not connected to a Sunday school class, oh, get connected to one. It is so good to share life with people. And so I wanna encourage you with that. I also wanna say congratulations to the class of 2023. Do we have any graduates in here today? Got one right there, got a couple. Congratulations. Um, I think our final group uh, graduated from Science Hill yesterday. And so I'm so excited for this group of seniors um, we have at FCC, uh, but also in our area. And I'm excited for what they have coming up for them. Um, seniors, we will continue to be in prayer for you and your families as you hopefully enjoy an awesome summer and prepare for what's next. So congratulations to you and congratulations to all of the teachers and administrators and all of those people who are part of our church. Congratulations to you as well for an awesome year. Oh man. Well, Happy Memorial Day. I'm glad, Memorial Day weekend. I'm glad you decided to worship with us today, whether you're with us in the room on Sunday morning or you're like chilling in a hammock later in the week watching the service. I'm glad you decided to tune in. Uh, this week, we're finishing our series called Pile Up Rocks. And it's been a really great series so far for us. And it's been this um, reminder, it's been this encouragement to remember um, the ways that God has been faithful uh, in our lives and in the world around us. And it's, uh, it's, it's helpful for us every now and again, now and again, um, to pause. Because we live in a world where it's just one thing after the, after the next, after the next. And, and it's just they, the world wants us to keep moving with never pausing, never offering gratitude, um, never giving thanks. And so it's important for us to take moments to pause and remember God's goodness and faithfulness. And so we talked in the first week about actually piling up rocks, right? So Ethan had all of us grab an Ebenezer that day. Um, and it, this was a reminder that we were supposed to take with us. And every time we look at this rock, every time we pick this up, every time we feel it in our back pocket or hear it rattling around in the car, it should be a reminder um, of God's provision and God's faithfulness in our lives. And we, and we, and we said, hey, if we, if we keep doing that consistently, that will overflow that thankfulness will overflow into blessing the people around us. And last week we said that, hey, that same idea, like that consistent reminder um, of God's provision and God's love and God's care for us um, is the thing that enables us to actually rest, to disconnect from the work, to disconnect from the noise and actually rest. And the series has been perfect for me and my family. The first reason it has been perfect for me and my family is because I am the parent of a toddler. And if you know, some of you chuckle already because you know where this is going. If you know, you know. If you've ever had a toddler, if you've ever been around a toddler, if you've ever served in FCC Kids, then you know, dear friends, that there is nothing more mesmerizing to a toddler than rocks. 
Like the sheer fact that I still have this rock, like this, this is the rock I took out of like the KFC looking bucket. This is the rock that I took from the bucket. Now the fact that I still have this and my son Jack hasn't like buried it away somewhere is a miracle all in itself. But toddlers love rocks, right? Like you could be, I was thinking about like a trip we took to Dollywood recently and we would go, you know, we could go through the gift shop and maybe we'd buy something, Jack, like Jack something in the gift shop and he'd be super excited about it until you get to the exit and there's like all the decorative rocks, Right? And immediately he's like, oh, you'll be mine forever. (laughs) And that's the thing that he remembers more than anything. He loves piling up rocks. I was thinking about this this week as I was preparing this message. I was noticing all of the rocks that we have kind of tucked away all over over our house. I find them in the... Um, in the tray in the door of my car. I don't know what that's called, but whatever that tray is right there. Um, I found a ton in there. I found them in my cup holders. I found them in Jack's cup holders on his car seat. He's got this little treasure box. There are rocks in there. Every drawer that I open, there's like some random rock, right? Like there's just something about rocks. And it's tempting. It might be tempting to give toddlers a hard time, but I think there's something to that. I think there's something significant about rocks. And I know that this is true in my life. So I've already mentioned to you my Ebenezer for this series, and I have carried this thing with me everywhere. It's rattled around in my car. It's been in my back pocket. It's been on my bag on trips. Man, it has gone everywhere in the last month from Alabama to Maryland with me. It's been with me in really stressful moments, in moments where I'm not quite sure what's gonna happen next, or I don't know what I'm supposed to say or do in a particular moment. And it's been with me in really good moments, like the fun times playing in the backyard and spending time together with family and friends. But this thing has been with me all the way, reminding me of God's faithfulness, God's goodness, and God's provision in our lives. And and there's another rock I do have to share with you as I was thinking about important ones. Um, And this one, if Aaron and Julie Morris from Camp ACC are in here, um, I hope I won't get in trouble because I stole this from Camp ACC. So um, I did, in fact, take this in December. I was out at Camp ACC and there's this spot out at the church camp and it's like the greatest spot ever. It's like the most serene place. At least once every year for the last 11 years, I found myself sitting in the spot and you're like, wow, Adam, that spot sounds really nice. I will never, ever tell you where my spot is because you will take my spot. But there's this spot. And at least once a year, I mean, even in the pandemic, at least once a year, I found myself sitting in this spot And every year, it might be during a planning retreat, it might be during a camp, or it might be during like a retreat with students, but at least once a year, I'd find myself sitting in this spot. And as I was sitting there in December, I was just, God kind of called to mind all these ways that God had been faithful and good and the the adventures that God had sent me on and the ways that God has provided. Um, And so I looked down and there was this rock and I was like, I've got to take this rock with me. Um, rocks are helpful reminders because remembering matters. But as we've talked about in the series, rocks aren't the only, rocks aren't the only way we remember, right? Like, yeah, people have been using them for thousands of years. People have been using rocks, but they aren't the only way we remember. And today I'm going to give you another way that we can kind of pause and disconnect and remember the ways that God has been and will continue to be faithful in our lives. And today's thing is actually pretty easy. It's something that's in fact already built into our calendars. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to go anywhere. I'm not gonna give you something that you have to carry around with you for a month like Ethan did. It's easy. We don't have to think about these things because they just happen naturally. They they are built into our calendars. They're built into our rhythms of life. And they're things that people participate in, whether, whether they're kind of religiously inclined or not. 
Some of them, in fact, are so significant that our schools will shut down for them. um, Our workplaces will shut down. And even still in our world, some of these, for some of these, it feels like a still, like a stillness comes over the spaces around us. And we just can kind of pause. And it seems like the whole world kind of stops turning for just a few hours on some of these days. And these, these days that are already built into our calendars um, are days that can help us remember God and what God is up to. And the idea that I have for you today, you've probably already guessed it, today we're talking about holidays. And the idea that I have for you today is this, is that holidays are holy days that can draw our attention back to God. Holidays are holy days that can draw our attention back to God. And when it comes up on the screen, you may even notice that holidays is just a shortened version of holy days. We're talking about holidays in this message. And for me, that's kind of easy because I love the holidays and I believe that God loves the holidays as well. And I recognize as I say that phrase, as I make that statement to you, um, that that may not be your experience as you sit here today. Different people have different experiences during the holidays. For some people, the holidays are awesome. You grew up in a family that celebrated big. You have traditions like you, oh man, it is just awesome for you. And some of you are here and you're like, Ah, holidays are fine, right? Like they're a day off, that's cool. Um, We spend some time together as a family. I don't necessarily check my work email or whatever, but they're just a day that passes. And then we can keep moving on. And for some of you, there's maybe even more baggage attached to that. Maybe you're sitting here and you think about holidays and it's like, you're the one who has to go on the internet and read the article, How to Survive the Holidays, right? Maybe that's you where you're like, okay, I've got to prepare myself to take this trip, to make this visit. And it's just, I've just got to just kind of talk myself through. I just got to make it through this little bit. Um, but wherever you are, I think the ideas that we're going to learn from God's word today will be helpful to you. I think it will help you start to make a shift in how you think about the holidays, And I'm convinced that God loves the holidays because there are loads of holidays. Like we like to blame Hallmark for all the holidays, right? But really the church is the one with all the holidays and actually Hallmark should kind of be showing us some love, giving us some, uh, paying us for some of those. But I was thinking about some of the holidays that we experience that that originally started as Christian holidays, right? So I think about St. Valentine's Day, right? Man, they really do owe us for that one. Um... St. Patrick's Day is another, right? So I think about St. Patrick's Day. The favorite that came to, kind of came to my mind, that's one that maybe you don't think about, but um, the holiday Carnival. So Carnival is like the last kind of big celebration before you go into Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent preparing for Easter. Carnival is a really fun one. Uh, I think about Pentecost Sunday. And this one is one that doesn't get a lot of love in churches. And it should because Pentecost Sunday is in fact the birthday of the church. And so every year we kind of celebrate the birthday of the church, Pentecost Sunday. And different, at different times as a church, maybe you know that we've done some different things for some other local churches or for some church planting initiatives. Uh, but it's one that I don't think gets a lot of love. I think it is one that should get more love. And in fact, actually today is Pentecost Sunday. And so if you sit here and you're like, that, I, I give you that phrase, like today is Pentecost Sunday. And you're like, oh, you feel really convicted, right? You're like, well, we celebrate, like in our family, we do birthdays really big and we do parties and we do cake and all of that. Well, if, you know, if you're feeling the nudge, like if you've just got to celebrate for the church, I would be glad to receive like an ice cream cake 
on behalf of the church. Like I would, I'd be happy to serve you in that way. Um, but Pentecost Sunday is another one and the list kind of keeps going. Um, that doesn't include uh, Christmas, Advent, Epiphany, Ash Wednesday. And there are all sorts of days in the life of the church where faithful followers of Jesus can pause and remember those who came before them. There are holidays all over the place if you start looking for them. And I think God loves the holidays. I think the celebrations that we have and the joy they bring, I think that definitely makes God happy. But I think it's more than that. I think there's more going on there. I think God places these moments in our lives to kind of help us become the people that God has in mind for us to be. And I think this because that's kind of the way that the the first holidays were meant to function. So God's people, the Israelites, were given holidays as a unique tool that could help them become the people that God had in mind for them to be. They, God gave the Israelites the first, like the, um, his first people, God gave them um, these holidays and they were meant to draw their attention back to God. And we see this from the very beginning in the book of Acts, like so like pretty close to the very beginning, the second book of the Bible in the book of Acts uh, is the story of God's people going from one kind of big family to a nation of people. And in the book of Exodus, they're kind of wrestling in slavery. They're crying out to God. God hears their cries and God responds to them. And as they work toward freedom, And as they wandered in the wilderness that would follow that freedom, God gave them some really key moments that they were meant to remember, some ways to kind of frame their seasons and their years. Because God is teaching them through these things how to be the people that God has in mind for them to be. And so there's a story in Exodus chapter 12. Uh, It starts like this. Moses is in Egypt and he calls all the elders and he says to them, Go pick out one of the flock for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. So take a bunch of hyssop, so like kind of like an ancient paintbrush and dip it into the blood that is in the bowl and touch the beam above the door and two of the doorposts with the blood in the bowl. None of you should go out the door of your house until morning. When the Lord comes by to strike down the Egyptians and sees the blood on the beam above the door and on the doorposts, the Lord will pass over that door and won't let the destroyer enter your houses to strike you down. And he says, you should, sir, you should uh, observe this ritual as a regulation for all time for you and your children. And the story goes on, and we'll put this section of the story up on the screen. It says this, God says this through Moses. He says, when you enter the land that the Lord has promised to give you, be sure that you observe this ritual. And when your children ask you, what does this ritual mean to you? Now, if you know kids, you know, they're not going to say it that way, right? Mommy, what does this ritual mean to you? No, they're never going to say that. What, you know what they are going to say, and maybe you've experienced this before if you have kids in your life in some way. It'd be more like a, why are we doing this? Right? You know what I'm talking about? Well, I, I used to do this with my parents every Easter why are you making me dress up? Why do I have to put this bow tie on? I don't even want to go. Why are we doing this? Right? That's how they're going to say the question. And I bet you've had a kid in your life maybe ask you that question that way. Why are we doing this? And then you'll say, it's the Passover sacrifice to the Lord for the Lord passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt. When he struck down the Egyptians, he spared our houses. 
And then the people then bowed down and worshiped. The Israelites went and did exactly what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron to do. And so God gives them this powerful moment of deliverance. If you, if you kind of keep following the story, God, in fact, does do that. This moment is the moment. Um, this moment of destruction is the moment where Pharaoh decides to let the people go. But God doesn't just give them that moment. He wants that moment to become a memory. God wants to, God's saying to them, hey, this moment happened, but I want you to reenact this moment every year and use it as an opportunity to remember God's faithfulness, God deliver, God's deliverance, and God's provision. God wanted it to be more than a moment. God wanted it to become a memory that they passed from generation to generation. And God doesn't stop with this moment. The Passover was the spark that kind of eventually led to their freedom, but the people then had a 40-year journey ahead of them. And throughout that journey, God used different moments to speak to them and shape them into the people that God wanted them to be. And on one moment in this journey, they're stopped for an extended period of time, and God gives them a whole lot of important things. Things like the Ten Commandments are a part of the section where we hear this next part from. Um, there are all sorts of laws and instructions that God gives them. And in the middle of all of this, God gives them several holy days that should help kind of reframe their rhythms, break up their routines, and ultimately help them see their world from a different perspective. And so God stops them. And he gives them kind of some laws and he gives them some other things and he gives them these holidays. And some of these, ho- these holidays, these holy days that God gives them, some of them are massive in scale. Some of them are huge. So one of them is this thing called the year of Jubilees. And the year of Jubilees was kind of this supposed, supposed to be this great resetting of everything. Every seven years, the people were supposed to not work for an entire year. Man, wouldn't that be awesome? not work for an entire year, let the crops just kind of let things happen as they're going to happen. Um, You're supposed to free your servants. You're supposed to forgive all the debts. Like every, just this great resetting. You're supposed to give back land that you bought. Like everything was supposed to be this great reset. It was massive in scope. And we don't have a record of the Israelites actually ever celebrating the year of Jubilees, but I do think that's a moment that God gives them to kind of look forward at the plan that God has for God's creation. God gives them that. And then God gives them kind of some small weekly countercultural commitments as well. And so we talked last week about Sabbath. It's in this section where God first gives the people the Sabbath. And then some, so that was kind of for them to look around. And then some of them were ones to make people look backwards at the ways that God had been faithful, like the Passover meal and the festival on unleavened bread. In Exodus 23, God gives them three different holidays that they should celebrate. God says this, you should observe a festival for me three times a year. Observe the festival of unleavened bread as I commanded you. Eat unleavened bread for seven days at the appointed time in the month of Abib, because it was in that month that you came out of Egypt and no one should appear before me empty handed. And so God gives them this first holiday. And he says, hey, listen, you're going to eat bread without any, like without any yeast in it because you didn't have time. When I showed up and when I responded and when I delivered you, you didn't have time to let the yeast rise. You just had to go. And this is going to be a reminder that I am here with you and that I am at work. And sometimes that happens super fast. Take a moment every year and remember that. 
And some were kind of for the present. Some were, were responsible for kind of helping them pause and take a break from the daily grind and remember the ways that God had been good to them. The two other ones that he mentions here is the first is the harvest festival. Uh, it says in Exodus 23, observe the harvest festival for the early produce of your crops that you planted in the field and also the gathering festival at the end of the year when you gather your, co- your crop of fruit from the field. All your males should appear three times a year before the Lord God. Don't offer the blood of my sacrifice with anything leavened. Don't let the fat of my festival offering be left over until the morning. Bring the best of your land's early produce to the Lord your God's temple. And God gives them these moments time and again as reminders that God caused the rain to fall and God caused the crops to grow. And God gave you a harvest in years where it was great and in years where it was not so great. All of it came from God. And God says, you should celebrate these moments big. As I was, as I was reflecting on this passage, that line, um, oh, where was it? Um, there was this line, don't let the fat of my festival offering be left over until the morning. It's this way of saying, hey, eat everything. And as someone who loves food, oh man, that sounds really good to me. But these holidays, they weren't just days off, right? They, they, there was something more to them. Uh, they were holy days, that drew the Israelites' attention back to God. They helped the people refocus on the things that they were quick to forget. They reminded them, um, these days reminded them that God deserved their first and their best because it all came from God anyway. And they paused and they celebrated God's provision. And as they celebrated these things, they were reminded of, of the ways that God had been faithful, of God's deliverance. These moments were built in to help them remember what God had brought them from and where God was taking them. Every party, every meal, every holy day, all of it shaped them into the holy people that God had in mind for them to be. The Israelites were a party people. They had all sorts of ways to celebrate. Their years, their weeks, their months, all of it was built around these celebrations. And some of them were restful, And some of them required a lot of work and a lot of preparation. Some of them happened at the end of really busy seasons. Some of them happened at the beginning, but they all played a part in the formation of God's people. And I think that God is wanting to do the same thing in our lives as well that God did for the Israelites. I think that God wants to turn holidays into holy days that draw our attention back to God, that remind us of the powerful ways that God has been at work, how God is at work, and how God will continue to be at work. God is ready to transform these celebrations into something way more than just a day off, but a critical moment, critical moments in our discipleship. And so how can we turn holidays into holy days? What does that look like for us? We're not wandering in the wilderness. We're not necessarily in a agrarian society, right? So a lot of us aren't kind of growing our own food, but what does it look like to do this in our own lives? And so there are two ideas that I wanna give you today that I think can turn your holidays into holy days. They can turn these kind of moments on your calendar into memories. And the first one is this, make existing holidays work for you. Like you don't have to get super creative to do this. You can start right now. Our culture has holidays built into the calendar and those holidays can be transformed into holy days. You can choose to use them for that purpose. 
I mean, I think about the weekend that we're in right now, right? We're in a holiday weekend right now. We're celebrating, uh, we're, we're celebrating and remembering Memorial Day this weekend. And so you can use this moment to pause and remember. You can remember the people um, who gave their lives for our freedom. You can remember um, faithful saints who have died as they pursued Jesus. And you can choose to remember in a lot of different ways. In fact, this weekend is the perfect, like the perfect time for you to pull out your Ebenezer and remember the ways that God has been, has been faithful to you and to those around you. Maybe tomorrow is the time where your family says, hey, Let's figure out how to do this. Let's turn our holidays this summer into holy days. Let's find ways to make these days more than just moments. Let's figure out ways to make them into memories. And then there are all sorts of other holidays, right, that you can do this with. I think about 4th of July. I think about Labor Day. I think about President's Day. I think about MLK Junior Day. And then I think about the larger ones, right, as well. I think about Halloween. Now listen. I know we're here and we have lots of different opinions on the holiday itself, right, of Halloween, and that's okay. But whether you choose to celebrate Halloween or you don't choose to celebrate Halloween, there's no denying that that is a perfect time. You have the perfect excuse to go and meet all of your neighbors, right? Like there's no better time of year than that day to get out and meet your neighbors. And there's a way that you can turn that holiday into a holy day where you can make those moments into memories. If you do participate in Halloween or some version of it, you could be the people known to have the best candy, right? Like that we were like that in our neighborhood for a while. Like the kids knew come to their house because they have good candy. There's a way to turn that holiday into a holy day. I think about Thanksgiving. I mean, we have this day built into our calendar, right? Uh, Built around giving thanks and practicing gratitude. And maybe for you, Thanksgiving needs to become about more than good food and football and shopping. Uh, Maybe it becomes a day where you actively fight kind of the noise that we hear that we don't have enough or we always need something else. Um, Maybe Thanksgiving becomes the day where you don't worry about what you don't have and you start giving thanks for what God has given you. This day can become a holy day if we live in such a way that draws our attention back to God. And Christmas, right? Christmas is a time where we celebrate God breaking down the barrier between heaven and earth by becoming human and living among us. Maybe this season can become a time where you're committed to breaking down the barriers between you and the people that you know God is maybe nudging you to reconnect with. Maybe it's a time where you should practice, you kind of feel a pull to practice an extra sense of generosity or an increased sense of presence in the world around you. There's some already built in. There are holidays already built in to our calendars that are just ripe for the taking. And you may be sitting here and you may be like, yeah, Adam, this is so basic. Like I know all this already, I got this down. So I'm just gonna like tune out for the next three minutes and 40 seconds or whatever. Um, But if you already do great with these holidays, then I wanna encourage you to make up your holidays or like make up holidays, make up your own holidays. If you're sitting here and you're like, I wanna be original, to make up your own holidays. There are some really good ones that you can do. The last day of school can become a holy day. I have this friend and I think this is so cool. What he does is he will, when his kid's bus pull up, pulls up, he will be there waiting for them with a giant tub of water balloons. 
And the first thing they do when they get off the bus is have this amazing water balloon fight. They eat tons of junk food. They stay up late. In the middle of that, they kind of dream about summer. Like, hey, here are the things that I wanna accomplish this summer. Here are some things that we wanna do as a family. And at the same time, they find, they carve out a moment in that to pause and give thanks to God for bringing them through another year together. The last day of school can become a holy day. I think summer vacation is another one. Now, when I say summer vacation, you have maybe some different things in your mind, but I'm not saying that your summer vacation has to be some sort of major trip. Maybe your summer vacation is just a tradition that your family has. Maybe it's camping or maybe you just stay home together for a few days and you just disconnect from everything and you hang out with one another. And maybe you just catch up on some stuff around the house. Maybe it is something bigger, um, but that can be a moment where you make memories and you pause to give thanks to God and pause and kind of remember um, all of the good ways that God is at work in your lives. There are all sorts of national days of whatever, right? Like those things happen a lot, national days of whatever. The one that stuck out to me as I was thinking about today was National Brisket Day. Oh man, who doesn't love barbecue, right? Like even if you're here, I know there's some vegetarians here. So even if you're here and you're a vegetarian, like you still, there's still jackfruit, right? Like you can still get barbecue if you want barbecue. But like National Brisket Day, that holiday can become a holy day. If you can take that moment, you can pause. I mean, it'll feel holy as you're eating all that yummy barbecue. Um, but you can legitimately take that and, and give thanks to God for God's creativity. Like, thank you, Lord, for inspiring someone to like, to like slowly smoke all these kinds of meats and like, drizz, like drown it in sauce. God, thank you so much for that. Like, you could do that. That, like you can invite God into that It'll, as long as you use it to draw your attention back to God. And there are all sorts of other occasions that you can, like a normal occasion or like a, maybe a special occasion that you can kind of amp up a little bit. And so I think about birthdays, right? You can use birthdays, parents, you could use birthdays as, as a parents and grandparents, guardians, all of you, you can use birthdays um, to celebrate the people around you and to call out the good things that you see in the lives of, of the kids around you. You can leverage those in really powerful ways. Um, husbands, anniversaries. You could get tons of brownie points by making anniversaries a big deal. Thank God for like encouraging you and, and surrounding you with people who kind of keep you going, who continue to inspire you. Um, you can make up your own holidays. And I don't know what your plan is going to be or if, I don't know what your plan should be. I know that this year I'm gonna try to convince my wife that National Brisket Day is our holiday. Maybe that's the one for you as well. Um, I don't know what it'll look like for you, but I do know that if you don't turn your holidays into holy days, if you don't make those memor memories into moments, if you don't leverage those days off, I know a couple things will happen. I think you'll miss out on some really good gifts that God has for you. I think you'll miss meaningful connection with the people who are closest to you. I think you'll watch time kind of slip away from you even faster than you could imagine. And I think we'll lose the opportunities to pass on our faith. We'll miss those, why do we do that? We'll miss those moments. We'll miss those opportunities to celebrate and to, to kind of pass on a legacy of faith to the next generation. So holidays are holy days that should draw our attention back to God. And this summer, I hope you'll use the ones that pop up for you, whatever they look like for you. I hope you'll use those to kind of draw you back into the big story that God is writing. And so right now, 
Even as we're gathered here, this idea is so important. I felt like it was important to draw our attention to kind of one mini holiday that we actually celebrate together each week. There's this moment that we celebrate in our services each week where we pause and we remember God's faithfulness and we remember um, the love that God had for us that was most evidently displayed in the life and death of Jesus. And it's in this moment where God meets us and where God invites us to catch our breath and to refocus on the author and perfecter of our faith. And it's a meal that followers of Jesus have been celebrating for thousands of years. Uh, Paul, in a letter um, to Christians in a place called Corinth, he says it this way, and this is my favorite passage that's sometimes read during communion. He says, I received a tradition from the Lord that I also passed on to you. And so he says, hey, I received this tradition. I participate in this tradition now, and I'm now giving this to you as well. I'm handing this on to you. On the night on which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this to remember me. He did the same thing with the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Every time you drink it, do this to remember me. And every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you broadcast the death of the Lord until he comes. Friends, I'm gonna pray in just a moment. We will participate in this meal together. And then after that, we will have a song of response. And so if you um, feel like you would like to have someone pray with you, if you're interested in joining the church or something like that, um, during that song, you're welcome to join us up here in the front. We'll meet you up here. Let's pray. God, we are here this morning and... It's easy for us to be caught up in all the things that are vying for our attention. It's easy to run from one thing to the next. It's easy in the middle of all that to, to forget about your faithfulness and your provision in our lives, God. And so as we participate in this meal, as we prepare to go into the week ahead, God, I pray that you would continually call to mind through our Ebenezer's and through all sorts of other things, God, your faithfulness, your goodness, and your provision. God, thank you for the sacrifice that you made through Jesus and it's through him that we pray, amen.